about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. You didn't get one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I said, do you have a question? So anyways, um, the top part is the declaration. It's kind of like a prayer slash declaration. Um, and then the four parts go along with what I'm going to be talking about. So little takeaways or notes, on whatever you might get during that time. So um, this whole thing started from something that Pastor Tom was teaching about, um, about planting a seed and planting a new crop. And in that, he was talking about killing the old crop. So I labeled this kill, kill the old crop because you have to get rid of the old crop in order for the new crop to grow. So with that being said, then Sunday came and I think I shared my sermon with like maybe two people and I was like um that's pretty much what I was gonna say so <laughs> they're like confirmation so um here it is basically um there's four steps that God was showing me so I'm gonna take you through the four steps and they go right along with the one two three and four that I put on the paper um I'm going to be using two Bibles that I'm referencing from, the New International Version and the New Living Translation, more or less the NIV, um, I'm sorry, the NL, NLT than the NIV, thank you. Um, but I'm going to start with the New Living Translation, and I'm going to start with 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21. So it's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And it's verses 16 through 21. Now, if I was in my classroom, I would have written that down on the board. <laughs> so I could just keep moving. All right. Chapter 5 and verses 16, and I'll be reading through 21. Okay. Since we believe that Christ died for everyone, us, we also believe that we have all died to the old life we used to live. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live to please Christ, who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others by what the world thinks about them. Once I mistakenly thought of Christ that way, as though he were merely a human being. How differently I think about him now. What this means is that those who become Christians become new persons. They are not the same anymore, for the old lie is gone. A new life has begun. All this new newness of life is from God. He brought us back to himself through what Christ did. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, 
no longer counting people's sins against them. This is the wonderful message he has given us to tell others. We are Christ's ambassadors, and God is using us to speak to you. We urge you, as though Christ himself were, he, were here pleading with you, be reconciled to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So first, we have to plant new seed. And seed is the word. It's God's word. So the four things that God showed me to do in order to walk in our new creation and the new man and get rid of the old man is to plant God's words in our heart through prayer and meditation. Two, to learn God's word, to seek God's word. Three, to recognize God's voice. And four, to plead the blood over any strongholds. Revelation equals deliverance. Um, John 1, it's real quick. You don't have to turn there if you don't want to. But it's the New Living Translation. In the beginning, the word already existed. He was with God, and he was God. He was with God, and he was God. He was in the beginning with God. He created everything there is. Nothing exists that he didn't make. Life itself was in him, and this gives light to everyone. This light can give light to our lives. So first, we must plant God's word in our life in order that it takes root in our hearts and we can start planting new crops. How do we do that? We have to learn and we have to study his word. We have to ask the Holy Spirit to help us to understand his word and apply it to our everyday lives. We need to study it. We need to memorize it, we need to use it, and we need to put on our armor daily. We need to renew our minds on the word daily, and we need to put on the new man daily. Daily. Romans 12, 2, also the New Living Translation. So don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. This tells me that it's our responsibility. I'm just putting that in there. Then you know what God wants you to do. And you will know how good and pleasing and perfect his will really is. In the New International Version, the NIV, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need to renew our minds daily on the word, even if it's only five minutes. That's how we can at least start. We need to look at daily devotions. We can put an app on our phone. We can use a daily devotion book. We can use the Bible. We can sign up for daily emails, biblical motivations, um, and we need to speak the word aloud. Romans 10:17 says, Faith comes from listening to his message of good news. So faith comes from hearing. So we need to put that word on. We need to listen to it. And we can even say it out loud to ourselves and hear ourselves say it. Let's examine the condition of our hearts with this parable. So there's three different places that this parable is in. There's Matthew and Luke. But we're going to use Mark chapter 4. And this is the parable about the farmer and the seed.
And this is also the NLT. In this version, it says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The plant sprung up quickly, but it soon wilted beneath the hot sun and died because the roots had no nourishment in the shallow soil. Other seed fell among thorns and shot up and choked out the tender blades so that it produced no grain. Still, other seed fell on fertile soil, and it produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. In order for the seed that you plant to work, you have to have the fourth type of soil. The four types of soil, the first one, was the footpath, the compacted soil. It was hard, impacted, and impermeable. Impermeable means it's not allowing fluid to pass through. Water can't get to the seeds. The birds came and ate it up, and the birds represent the enemy. So are you allowing the enemy to uproot the word that's planted in your heart? Is it due to lack of belief? Your thoughts that contradict the word that you're letting in there? Watch what you're listening to and what you are doing. This is your responsibility. It's called guarding your heart. The second kind of soil is the rocky soil. This one produces shallow roots. The seeds, they spring up quickly, but because of the shallow roots, they die out quickly as well. I believe that this could be the strongholds in your life. Our lives, I'm sorry, or walls that we have built up that should not be there. Those walls can keep us from getting the proper nutrients that the seeds need to grow. This can cause us from growing in our daily walk because we're not trusting God in these areas. Are there areas that you aren't trusting God with, past hurts that we don't want to let go of or forgive? So this is all part of number one, the one that I gave you underneath the declaration. So this is just examining the parts of your heart. We have gone through two. The first one was the compacted soil. The second was the rocky soil. And the third is the thorny soil. So the thorny soil is, they didn't kill the old crop. So the weeds overtook what was planted. It choked out the good seed and eventually overtook the new seed. How does this happen? By not watering our crops. We might start going to church or we might start listening to the word and then we stop. We must stay in the word. We have to gather with other believers because there's power in that. We need to read the word. We need to pray. We need to spend time with God and worship. We need to spend time listening to God alone. And if we don't, we will fall back into our old behaviors because we're going to change. We're going to start falling back into our old, way, old ways of thinking. This will stifle or choke out the new creation that God says we are the new seed that we just planted. And last but not least, we have good soil. We have fertile soil, and that's fully able to produce God's word. And it can be anywhere from 30, 60, or 100 times as much as we planted. Then we can produce good fruit, and it will be multiplied. So if you'll just take a moment to think about the kind of soil that you have in your heart. This, the soil represents the condition of your heart. So think about what kind of soil you have. We are responsible for the kind of soil that we have 
by cultivating our heart with the word and what we surround ourselves with. Even what we watch, what we listen to, the people that we're around, the way that we talk. Are we being intentional with what we allow to enter into our thought life by what we listen to, see, surround ourselves with? It is our responsibility to set ourselves apart from the world. And how? We can turn off the news, we can turn off the TV, we can take a break from social media, we can turn off the radio, and we can spend time with the Lord. So if you just take a moment, the four kinds, like I said, were the compacted soil, the rocky soil, the thorny soil, or the good soil. And that was number one. And you could be a mixture. There could be some areas that you're allowing God to work in, and then some areas that you're holding back on. So that's your job. You have to find the areas that you're holding back on, be willing to let go, and then start planting the new seed with the word. So number two was to learn his word. One and two work together. They go hand in hand. Um, Hebrews 4 and chapter 12, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 4, verse, verse 12. The New Living Translation is the one that I'm using. So, for the word of God is full of living power. It is sharper than the sharpest knife cutting deep into our innermost thoughts and desires. It exposes us for what we really are. As we learn God's word, it cuts the bad parts out of our heart, out of our minds. It prepares our hearts. It cultivates the soil, which is the condition of our heart, to be able to plant God's good seed. Are you cultivating God's word in your heart? Are you preparing your soil to plant good, strong roots? to bear good fruit. God's word, what does it say about who you are and what he wants you to do? It says that we are to be set apart. And I'm gonna go through, I think I have five verses here, so if you wanna write them down, you can. The first one is 1 Peter 2.9. And it says, for you are not like that. You are a chosen people. You are a kingdom of priests, God's holy nation, his very own possession. We are kings and priests in Christ. So that first verse was 1 Peter 2.9. The second verse is going to still be in 1 Peter, but it's going to be chapter 1. Verse 16. And this one is also short. It says, For he himself has said, You must be holy because I am holy. If we want the world to know who we are, we have to be holy. If we look like everybody else, they don't know who we are. They don't know that there's anything different about us. 
This is a choice that we have to make. We have to set ourselves apart from the world. We cannot live like the world. We can't look like the world. We can't do everything like the world tells us to do or shows us to do. The next one is Ephesians 2.10. This says that we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Once again, created us anew. So that we can do the good things he planned for us a long time ago. This reveals his plan for our lives. We are his chosen people, and we are able to be his disciples. We are to be his disciples. The fourth verse is Revelations 5.10. in the end. And you have caused them to become God's kingdom and his priests, and they will reign on earth. We are to reign on this earth. And we will. The next one is Galatians 3.28. says there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all Christians. You are all Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and now all the promises that God gave to him belong to us. We are all one in Christ. We are not identified by our color, ethnicity, or background, or our sin nature. We're not identified by that either. We are new creations identified by our salvation and we are to be set apart by holiness. We must choose to be holy. We must choose to go against what everybody else is doing. We must choose to say no, we can't do that or just don't go. We must believe his word and we can believe we by hearing and speaking the word as we pray to God. So as we're praying, we can speak this to him. This is how we can identify with our new man. How can we see ourselves the way God sees us? So when he tells us or shows us our purpose and what his will is, we can align with his will and be obedient to his word. This way we can skip the argument with God in our head and stop identifying with our old creation. So number two, I felt like God was saying, what is it specifically that you might be struggling with right now that you're having a hard time that God's saying about you? And then it's basically saying to speak whatever the word says about you that's opposite of what you're thinking about yourself and to say it daily. Because it says, remember, faith comes from hearing. So you have to speak it to yourself. That's number two. So if you just take a moment, if there's something that you know you've been struggling with, and if there's one of those verses that I might have read to you that says that you aren't that, you can write that down. Or whatever you feel like you hear, God might be telling you that you are in that area. So the third thing that we need to do in order to get rid of the old us 
is we need to know how to hear God's voice. So how can we do that? We have to know his word. When we know his word, it it's like recognizing someone's voice from in a whole crowd and you can just hear that one person and you know who it is. You can know it by what they say. You'd be like, no, that sounds like so-and-so said it. Or you can know it by the sound of their voice. And that's how we should know God's voice. So 1 Samuel 3.10. And this is also the NLT version for me. And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, yes, your servant is listening. John 10, 25. Jesus replied, I have already told you and you don't believe me. The proof is what I do in the name of my father. But you don't believe me because you are not a part of my flock. My sheep recognize my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them away from me. For my father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. So no one can take them from me. The Father and I are one. The Bible is the word, the voice of God. By reading, knowing his word, we learn to know God's voice. God desires relationship, and relationship requires communication. God can use anything to speak to us. He used stars to speak to the wise men and to lead them. He can use angels, other people, pictures, he can use visions, dreams, words, nature, silence, children. He can use anything. But you need to know and you need to be listening. And sometimes you can even hear his voice audibly. But you have to be listening. He, se he sent the Holy Spirit as a constant communicator between you and him. And the Holy Spirit coaches us using, he prompts us, he gives us impressions, he encourages us, he gently guides us, he nudges us, he gives us warnings, he speaks truth, he convicts us, he reveals things to us, and he gives us peace about things. So when I first became a Christian, I kind of, I pictured the Holy Spirit like in a cartoon. So you have the angel on one side, the demon on the other, and both the voices sound like your own. But as you get to know the word, you know which one is coming from God and which one isn't. 
So this is why we need to know his word so that what we know, what we're hearing lines up with God's word. Then you can test because the Bible says to test what you're hearing and see if it is in line with his word. And or is it our feelings or is it our will that's overriding God's word? If we're not sure, we can ask somebody to pray with us. We can go to the word. We can spend time with God. We can worship. We'll, we'll know. This is why discernment is so important. If you know him, you will know his voice. The same way you recognize your mom's voice, your husband or wife's voice, your child's voice, or even their cry. You know your child's cry from anybody else's cry. Um, your close friend, anyone that you've been with long enough and you get to know their voice. That's the way God wants us to know his voice. So those that know him, they draw near to him and they hear his voice. Jesus said that too. So do you hear his voice? Do you take time to listen? Do you obey his voice? Do you do the opposite of what the voice tells you to do? If you do the opposite of what he tells you to do, you're going to harden your heart. And you're going to have to go back and you're going to have to cultivate that soil. You're going to have to uproot the things that don't belong with the word. And it says here, if you harden your heart to his voice, you must ask him to soften your heart again so that you can hear him again. So for number three, I just asked if you hear God's voice. And if you do or don't, do you set aside time to listen to him? Even... You know, like I said, five minutes in the morning, at the end of the day, in the middle of the day. And also, I challenge you to be more intentional, to take time to listen to him. If that just means you're going to start putting a sermon on in the morning, on your car ride, on your car ride home, in the middle of the day, whatever it is, listen to the Bible on audio app. But taking that time, making it an intentional time just to spend a little bit more than what you already do or don't. Right. And the fourth thing is sometimes there with all this, all these things that you're doing, you're listening to God's voice, you're reading his word, you're speaking his word daily, you're praying you're spending time with him, you're worshiping, but sometimes you just feel like there are certain areas that you don't know how to let go and give to God. This is when you can plead the blood over his, any strongholds that you have over you and repent. That's the biggest one. Repent. Repent for anything you did in the past that's holding you back. So if anything holds you back from your past or your present, ask God to deliver you from any strongholds that are keeping you bound by receiving God's from receiving God's best for you. First John 1. First John chapter 1. And it's verse 7. 
But if we are living in the light of God's presence, just as Christ is, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from every sin. So the blood is what does it, not us, not our works, not spending more time with God. Although those things help us know who we are, that's not what cleanses us. Exodus twelve twenty three. I know, I'm just skipping all over. For the Lord will pass the land and strike down the Egyptians. But when he sees the blood on the top and sides of the doorframe, the Lord will pass over your home. He will not permit the destroyer to enter, the, to enter and strike down your firstborn. He will protect us. The blood will protect us. The blood will cleanse us and the blood will set us free. And we can apply the blood to anything that's holding us back. Exodus 24. I'm sorry, verse 8. Then Moses sprinkled blood from the basins over the people and said, This blood confirms the covenant that God made with you, giving you these laws. And I also wrote the NSV version, and it says, Moses then took the blood he sprinkled it on the people and said, This is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all of these words. So every word in the Bible is a blood covenant that God made unto men. His word shall not fall void. He is not man that he should lie. When we have a block or a stronghold keeping us from his promises over our lives, and from our new creation, we must plead the blood over our situations. It has more power in one drop than any stronghold in our lives. Seek the blood and renew our minds daily with the word so as not to slip back into our old ways of thinking, doing, or behaving. I heard someone say, when people say that they're always going to live in sin and always going to be under the power of sin until they die, they're putting more trust in death. It's like saying that death gives you deliverance and not what Jesus did on the cross. It is by what Jesus did that we're redeemed, that we are set free, that we are delivered, and that we are new creations. And so if we know that that's what he did, and we know 
that that's what set us free, then all those things, spending time in the word, getting to know God through his word, listening to his voice, putting, speaking the word over ourselves, we'll want to do those things because we want to be who God created us to be. And we know that we can be because it says it right here. So I just wanted to make a basically an effort that you guys, that everyone, myself, are, we're going to plant God's word in our hearts daily. We're going to cultiva- cultivate the soil by using the word to cut out the parts that don't belong. We are going to learn God's word. We're going to study the word daily. Even like I said, if you download an app, read the word that's on the Treasure Coast Victory Center, the email that we get, and meditate on it just for a few minutes. Let it sink in. Think about what it's really saying to us. Speaking the word out loud over our lives in areas that we know we're struggling with. Be intentional to take time, go into the word, and find what the Bible tells us about whatever it is that we're struggling with, and taking the time to speak it to ourselves. Finding sermons on areas that we might be struggling with. Taking time to listen to God's voice. I mean, just last Sunday, I was dealing with some things, and when I started worshiping, God just broke everything off of me. And it was just worship. Yeah. And if there's anything that we're struggling with, we can plead the blood and we can ask others to pray with us. And we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and be repent, repent of anything that he's showing us that we need to repent for. We can repent from any ungodly soul ties or any other strongholds that we had in the past that hold us back from who God is creating us to be. And we can allow God to show us what it is that's holding us back. So, in conclusion, I wanted to speak this um, declaration slash prayer over you. Um, One more thing before I forget. The last part of the paper says, what strongholds do you have in your life? If you you know what they are, if you want to write something down real quick. Because that's something that I want to say as we're going through the declaration. Sorry. To plead the blood over them. So if you have anything that you know of, you want to write a quick word down so you know what you mean. Hmm. I see a misspelling in my word. So as we're praying over this and we're speaking this, I just want you to keep those things in your mind because I do want you to be set free. I need to be set free. I need to think of my own strongholds. All right, moving back. So, 
I know what mine are. I'm hoping everybody knows what yours, yours are. So we're going to declare in Jesus' name that he's going to plant, that we will plant God's word, that we're going to learn his word, that we're going to recognize God's voice, and that we're going to plead the blood over every area in our lives. We believe that every drop of blood that was shed was more than enough to break every power of the enemy, every plan devised against us and our families, and that every drop of blood mattered. We thank you that by the blood, we have been redeemed and that we are new creations in Christ, that we can grow new crops by the renewing of our minds through God's word daily. We repent for every demonic influence that we have allowed into our lives through sin, and we ask that by the blood, we break, you break every demonic spirit, assignment, plan, and stronghold right now in Jesus' name. And we declare that we are new creations in Christ, and we will begin to walk in our Christ authority and renew our minds daily through the washing of the word over every thought in our lives. We cast down any thoughts or imaginations that don't line up with our Christ identity, and we declare that we will line up with your will for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. That's it. the kingdom